Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast, your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge. This is episode 66. Good Lord. The same number as the famous route in the USA where you were cordially invited to get your kicks on, if I remember correctly. And who among us hasn't got well, their kicks on, on the route 66? It's true. Well, you won't get many kicks on here, but what we, <laughs> what we do have in common with route 66 is that we go on for a long time, meander through many states, and by the end you're probably too tired to enjoy your destination. Driving in this driving this car of arduous journeying is me, Lee Calvert, editor of bloodandmud.com. And in the passenger seat, not really speaking to me ever since we had an argument over which turn off to take for petrol in Wheeler County, Texas, is It was a third left Andros Gardner of rugbyshirtwatch.com. You can get in touch with this particular rumbling charabank of cheer by on Twitter at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com or there's bloodandmud.com or there's a Facebook page and Josh is uh, at Josh Gardner or at Rugby Shirt Watch or RugbyShirtWatch.com or all of the other places where social media is inserted. Yes. This is available on the ACAST platform. You probably listen to it on that or the Apple Podcast platform or anywhere else where you can get a podcast RSS to put in and play it back to you in a very clever way. Uh, you can leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. That would be very nice if you did that. Mm. We've had a one from a review this week, five stars. Ooh. Too much rugby chat, says the Dave R. There is far Why? too much rugby chat in this impressions podcast. <laughs> I've said many times that I... we need to focus on our core yes. skills. <laughs> I had to wait ages for a half-decent Gavin Hastings. You wouldn't get this with Rory Bremner. You're right. No, this is very true. And then another one we've had, a nice one, is the Statler and Waldorf of the rugby podcast world. Five stars. <laughs> who's Statler and who's Waldorf there? Yeah, I mean, indeed, yeah. I mean, not that either is very good, but I'd just like to know. <laughs> Two grumpy people. did that review, can you come back and... Stephen T. Davis, it? which one of us is Statler and which one's Waldorf? Yeah. Or is it interchangeable depending on mood? <laughs> Two grumpy but lovable men in the balcony seats chuntering on about the good, the bad and the ugly of the rugby week. Do expect regular haskelling 
Wales of Welsh lamentation, fruity language, don't expect lavish praise of French conditioning, Welsh coaching, or Jules Plisson. Well, you never know this week, though. Yeah, true that. So More on that later. More on that later. So let's uh, yeah. move along. What have we got coming up this week? Well, coming up, we've got what we learned from the weekend, as we always do. We've got uh, a feature called There's Always Next Year. Yes. Which we'll explain when we get to it. Uh, after last week's midweek pod special, where we had yet another instalment of Sean Holly, <laughs> we threw it out to you to come up with some songs that Sean Holly could sing, and I can Good tell you, God, did you deliver the response? Ne- I've never loved our listeners more than I have this week because <laughs> the response has been glorious. So thank you very much. Uh, we've got shit good as well, and we'll attempt to pick a new unofficial Lions anthem, and I'll talk about yes. that a little bit more. But first, before we get into all that. We had an entry for the Rugby Lexicon this week following the Challenge Cup final. Oh, right. Good. The, the pen got in touch with to lacy, the verb to lacy. Right. As in Johnny, I'm guessing. To fool people into thinking you're competent at something when you're absolutely shit. <laughs> to the point, I like that. For example... Uh, I mean, yeah. I, for example, I can't believe Trump managed to lacy the entire public into voting for him. <laughs> I think that's... That's got genuine, genuine, like, potential. I don't see why everyone doesn't use that. It should be. You wouldn't know. Most people wouldn't know what they're talking about because they've never experienced the wonderful, semi-baffled look on Johnny Lacey's face at all times. But (laughs) quite literally, imagine being married to him. He must have. Where have you put that, Johnny? You'd have that look on his face all the time, wouldn't you? Yeah. Are we going? Are we going shopping? Then just that (laughs) face would just be next all the time. Also. We love a player spotted, don't we, Josh? Yes, we do. And the player spotted are coming in thicker and faster than you would believe. Right. Will Bolter emails this week. What we ask for, in case you don't know, if you're new to this, is that we want you to let us know about when you've spotted a player doing something incredibly mundane. And don't yes, spare any learn. boring Preferably detail. The more mundane, the better. I mean, let's not forget how excited we got about David Denton putting his bins out last week. Exactly. Well, listen to this. Will Bolter emails... I have a player that I've spotted a few times around Guildford, where I work. Now, this is already a very good mundane start. Absolutely. Guildford, where I work. It is the wonky-throwing hooker-stroke-back-row phenomenon that is Dave Ward of Harlequins. Right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But listen to this. Listen to the absolute cornucopia of mundane things that Will Bolter has seen (laughs) Dave Ward doing. Brilliant. I've seen him walking around in flip-flops and shorts, of course, with a folder. Standard. With a folder, yes. I thought you said a fold for a minute. Then. I was like, That's <laughs> oh, that would be more day. No, with a, the slightest. With a folder, presumably, presumably holding very important documents. I have also seen him riding a bicycle a couple of times with right. no helmet, I should add. The bicycle handlebar is usually accompanied by a shopping bag, Sainsbury's once, Marks and Spencer's the other time. I was oh, unable to confirm what goods were in said shopping bags. I'm surprised that wasn't Waitrose, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he then finishes off with, I've messaged friends about this, but none seem that interested. So I was very glad when I heard <laughs> on the pod how you would very be very interested in hearing about these exciting tales. Well, we are, Will. Let me tell you. Come to us. We are nestled at our bosom of utterly delighting and utterly pointless information. Yes. The only thing that's better than a mundane player spotted is a player spotted doing about four mundane things in the space of a week. That's even better. Yes. And then one finally, another great spot this week, Paul Johns got in touch by pointing out that five of the Kenyan rugby squad 
play for a club that is called Menengai Cream Homeboys RFC. That's a strong name, isn't it? Menengai Cream Homeboys RFC. I feel a guest coming on. Oh, absolutely. Anybody who plays or has played for that. (laughs) The Menengai Cream Homeboys FC. And it's boys with a Z. Oh, with a Z. Oh, so it's proper 90s. It's brilliant, yeah. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, I I, I don't know much about rugby, can you? We'll have to get somebody on. Yes. Get in touch with us if you want to hear hear some something from people from Menengai <laughs> Cream Homeboys RFC. So that's that's our you? little nonsense for this week. Yes. Shall we move into what we learned from the European weekend? I think we probably should, shouldn't we? We should, yes. Enough that's time enough has been spent. Trivial nonsense. Enough of this. On with the real shit. We've done well. We've kept it to under ten minutes the introduction this week. That's got to be a record. It has got to be a record. Um, so what did we learn from the weekend? The two big European games. Yes. Um, I learned that Chris Ashton remains the best winger in England. I mean, it wasn't shocked, but it, oh, this is true. It is true. Yeah. And it's also in comparison to Dave Strettle. Yeah. Oh, that didn't go well, did it? Yes. It, um, he, he, he's just a remarkable, remarkable winger. There are just, we've said it so many times. And like, okay, if, you know, Saracens have signed a pretty fucking solid replacement in Liam Williams, but like, there are so we've said it so many times. There are so few players that run those lines or who work as hard. Not in defense, like people when they talk about hard working, people usually mean in defense. You do, or it's at the true breakdown. That, yeah. But there are so few wingers who work as hard in attack as Chris Ashton does. He is always on the shoulder, and he will, you know, he will make a break, get tackled, and then be up to get the you know, past two phases later because he just fucking loves scoring tries. He does and And has evidence by the fact that he is now, of course, the record try scorer in that competition. Indeed. Um, And yeah, that try, you know, it was a lovely finish. Great anticipation, great, great intelligence to pop up in the right place at the right time. But um, I think his break in the first few minutes was probably my favourite thing he did all game because it was everything that made him brilliant. He read the play beautifully. He came off his wing. He popped up on Goode's shoulder. And he did exactly the right thing in running towards the corner, except he obviously, his offload was a bit shit. But, I mean, yeah, he's brilliant. And he's going to continue to be brilliant for too long, I would imagine. Yes. Um, Although he probably will be a bit red in that sunshine, won't he? Bless him. Yeah. I'm hoping that the application of Factor 50 won't deter his running ability. Just keep it off your hands. That's all I'd say. (laughs) What I learned is that we... um, you, well, not we. I say we because I was trying to be balanced. Your prediction from the midweek pod last week was pretty yes. much spot on, and I've never, I've learned, I've probably never seen a game that was close be so not close. Does that make was, any yeah. sense? You know, the the scoreline was relatively close for a lot of that game. Yet from about, I'd like to say the third minute, but actually, I'd say from about thirty-two seconds in, it was it was all she wrote. Yeah. For, for, for climb on, basically. Yeah, it kind of leads on to one of the things that I learned, which is that basically that Saris are alien to the concept of drama. <laughs> because, yeah, how many other teams could be holding on to a one-point lead with eight minutes to go in an European Cup final and just not look in any way concerned or bothered? Like, at no point did I ever think they were going to lose. Like, and looking at the way that they played in the last 20 minutes, neither did they. No, they yeah, just—they have so much faith and so much comfort hmm. in the system that they play, and 
they just don't panic. They don't get tight. They just keep doing what they're doing, and they kind of just let the result take care of itself. I and remember like, reading, um, I think I've said this before, reading Martin Johnson's biography, and like the secret of his captaincy was really quite dull. You're expecting to read all about these sort of like Churchillian speeches, and actually, yeah. every time they run to the post, he just used to say, just keep doing what we're supposed to do. Just keep sticking with the game plan, and we're going to win. Yeah, and, and he just he, imagine, I, you imagine that's a bit like what a Saracens team taught must just be like. Yeah, well, to just Billy keep basically playing. said the same thing. Like after the, when the uh, Claremont scored that try, like they were under the post and they just said, "Look, just keep doing it, keep doing what we're doing." Yeah. And like every team says all that bollocks about, you know, keep doing what you're doing, stick to what you do, you know, stick to the system, you know, blah blah blah. They all say that bollocks in press conferences. Um. And just like every team talks about like the bond between the squads, but like you do, and I think me and you probably both got that sense when we interviewed Billy back in Six Nations. Mm. Like you get the feeling they genuinely believe it, like they properly, genuinely, truly buy into it, and it's a big part of why they are rapidly turning into the most dominant team of the professional era. Yeah, there's a kind of dynasty thing happening there, mm. isn't there? Because there's a significant Hugely number of so, them. yeah. And I think you forget when you look at their, well, I forget sometimes, that when you look at their team, large swathes of it are not going to be, you know, Michael Rhodes, who was outstanding, Jackson yes. Ray, Vincent Cock. Yeah. You know, Alex Goo's not troubling international rugby anymore. There's this whole swathe of young lads coming through, like Nathan Early's gone on tour this summer. And Alex Lazowski and Ben Spencer yep. and all these, all these people are just going to fit <laughs> seamlessly into the machine. And be excellent without... I mean, like, Barrett's a classic example of how they can make somebody who isn't really that excellent look no. excellent. Absolutely. You, yeah, put yeah. Barrett, you put Barrett in a Northampton team and he looks like a fucking shambles. Or he looks very ineffective, let's put it that way. Yeah, but, like, you look... It's something that Farrell touched on at the end of the game. You said, you know, lots of those players, like, lots of the players in that Saracens team have basically been playing together since they were 15. Yeah, and then the and, next lot will do the same, aren't they? And the next lot will do the same, and, and but they'll ha- and the, but it's all you know, it's so joined up and it's so clever and it's so, yeah, they just they fucking get it, don't they? And all of the like management speak bollocks about unity and togetherness and believing in the system and all this stuff that all the other teams in the world always talk about before matches, after matches, as some sort of like fucking panacea for everything. They absolutely, they, they they live it. They properly live it. And that's the thing that, like, everyone can try and emulate Saracens, but unless you can emulate that environment where that mindset is... Cult- and, you know, the players they recruit as well, they clearly mm. recruit players that they know are going to buy into it. Yeah, and... I do think they have a kind of multifaceted recruitment strategy. It's not about how well you play, is it? No, you know, signing someone like Chris Ashton, obviously it looked like a fucking no-brainer at the time. But how easy would it have been for Saris to drop him at any point in the last, you know, three or four years when he's been fucking, you know, a borderline shambles? But instead, they've gone, you know, yeah, okay, he's fucking lets himself down quite often. But between the white lines, you know, most of the time he is not, and you know, he completely buys into this system and into this team, and so we stick with him, and. It's it's very interesting. I, I'm sure that books will be written on it in terms of sports psychology and all that sort of stuff 
in years to come because it's fascinating. I've got a book from the early 90s about it called Inside the All Blacks, <clears throat> which was actually, yeah. it's it's a book, it was published as a book in the end, but it was actually written by a guy who was doing a management PhD. It was all about leadership of elite groups mm. and all that kind of stuff. And that's very interesting on stuff like that. It's all about how they work together and stuff like that. And I, yeah. Which... And that was back then, but it's much more normal to write this kind of stuff now. This guy Absolutely, was a, a, yeah. a Kiwi, mature student, basically, who did it. But it's mm. um, So, yeah, I think you're right. I think they will end up doing that. Um, the other thing, touching on with Saracens as well, it kind of links into what you said, is that they're kind of two things. One, the more you watch them now, the more you realize that all the piss and piss-taking that we do, it doesn't really apply anymore. No, they're not arseholes at all, are they? Really, they're just—they're just—they're frustrating because, like any team that's that dominant, is frustrating. You get frustrated because yeah. you want somebody to kind of break it because it's a natural human reaction. It's yeah. like Stephen Hendry, you know, everyone hated him in the snooker because he just kept yeah. winning, you know, ruthlessly efficiently. Yeah, yeah. And it's like and that. The, or actually, he's probably and a that's decent always going to be part of it. And yet, at the same time, yeah, I think their style has evolved in the last eighteen months to the point where they play a significantly more dynamic type of rugby than they did. And I think the hangover about what utter wankers they were was from the Venter era. Something popped up in my yeah, archive on the, on, the, fair point. on the blog from 2011, I think, when Venter had, had a row with about 14 different people in the league that week. And he was just an absolute <laughs> arsehole. You know, probably yeah, very deliberately is so. A, a yeah. genuine A-grade arsehole. And obviously, they needed that at that point. But And was it, was it Venter who basically just emptied the squad and started again was it venture got rid of like they got rid of like 18 players in one yeah, or 20 players like in that. one year because what he sort of started this but then they've already they've obviously gone mark mccall hmm. is what we needed to take us to the and he's obviously been key in creating this because saris were a very good team in the brand Venter, but they weren't anywhere near this it does seem mad to dump that man because worcester just done it they've let 18 players go worcester yeah and people go, generally what happens when you get fucking relegated not yeah, when you're and that's the, but it's interesting i think there is sometimes a situation where you have to say as somebody who runs a club and gary gold's probably this kind of put interestingly gary gold has worked a lot with ben darwin who mm. does a lot of work on this uh, contract cohesion and cohesion of players and yeah. one point that this Ben Darwin made at one point and it's in it's he's interviewed in the Rugby Dungeon with JB if anybody you probably heard it but it's, it's worth listening if you listen to it mm. and he was saying that sometimes there's a point at which you have to go this group of players have got too many bad habits from different places that they can't actually work to what I'm trying to do so it's yeah. actually better to get rid of all of them and I'll recruit 18 more players that are where I want them to you know have the right kind of skills and right kind of approach that yeah. I want and, and then you, we write off the next three years. And in three and years' time, we'll get want, there. You do not want them to be, in many ways, you just don't want them to have to be around. Because you can say, oh, we can start with the next generation and tell, teach them the right way to do it. But you kind of don't want the old generation still around. No, not people they look up to saying, well, actually, no, I don't do it that so, way. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's what's happened with Wales, to be honest you with you. Yeah, I reckon that they. You know, they sort of tried at the start of the gap, you know, in 2011 to kind of wipe the slate clean and start a game. But you can't do it in international rugby like that because you don't unless you're fucking, yeah, yeah, unless you're fucking England or the All Blacks, you simply do not have that level of depth and quality to just go fuck this lot off. Don't worry about it. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, it's, but I think that there is a definite, I think that's kind of what Pat Lamb's doing a little bit at Bristol as well, because they've yeah. got shot of quite a lot of, not everybody, but they've got shot of quite a lot of players who've been there for quite some time. And it's obvious that, you know, he just wants to slate clean it and hope for the best, you know? So, yeah. So, Saracens are not arseholes anymore. Uh, <laughs> we could digress I mean, a bit there. But I think, but uh, also, it's, they're kind of, they're horrible, but only in the, because of the matter of fact way they destroy teams. It's this point you yeah, made before, they don't does, panic, do they? Yeah. You know, they're a point, it's a one point game with 10 minutes to go in a major final. And they just and don't react at all. Completely you, casual, yeah. And it's, it's frustrating because. Yeah, you want, want them to be drama. frail like other, yeah. like other people are. It's like, the, yeah, you see that film, um, that film Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? Yeah, yeah. There's that scene in it where he just sits completely emotionless watching a video of himself dismembering somebody or something. Yeah. I imagine that's what Sari's video review sessions are like. It basically is. That's what they're doing this morning. Yeah, they're all just sat completely stony faced, just yeah. watching what they've done. And that's the thing. They, they, they do, like I said, they do just remove drama from the game. And that's kind of what we watch sport for, in a way, is to, particularly as neutrals, you. I think you, you can you admire drama, what they do, you? but sport yeah. only exists for. You think of every good memory that lives in your mind mm. about sport any sport or rugby yeah. rugby specifically and it's usually because of the drama yeah nobody remembers the 30 point hammerings no really let's be honest unless you're like incredibly incredibly like parochial and the team that you're rooting for did that to a team that you really don't like but you know i think of as an Ospreys fan, I think of some of the pastings that we've handed out in the last three or four years to like the Scarlets and the Blues and stuff. And it's like, I don't, they're not that memorable for me. No. no they but won't be, like, they? Yeah, but like games that we've, you know, close, tight games that we've won at the end stick in the memory forever. And it's, yeah, that's that's kind of where... So it's I not guess, that we hate I imagine them, Sarri's just... fans probably were on the edge of their seats because a lot... Of, yeah, I don't care how long you follow a team and how you know when you're in it and you're you're invested in it. There probably was a you know great deal of tension. Imagine for them being the last... a Claremont fan Ugh. and looking at the last ten minutes and really cheering, but deep down knowing exactly no, what was going to happen. It. Yeah, and I think that leads on to another thing that I learned. You know, they do deserve credit for this game not turning into an absolute rout. Yeah, I because... tweeted. I think. You know, the, the, when the second yeah, try went in, this is going to be a long yeah. afternoon. When it, and it, yeah, when it was 12-0 after 20-odd minutes, I generally thought this is going to be a pasting. And, yeah, they showed that they were more than worthy of where they were in the final and the way that they hauled themselves back into it. Like, I never believed that they were going to win. I'm not sure they did either, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. But um, <laughs> they showed something that nobody else has this season, and that is, you know, they they went toe-to-toe with Saris up front down in the back line. And they didn't really blink. Like they scored a first half try. Don't forget, which yeah. nobody has against Saris all season in Europe. And they gave them problems at the scrum. They absolutely fucking mullered them at the breakdown. And yeah, I think if they'd have been playing a team of regular humans with like emotions and stuff, um, <laughs> they'd have probably won that game. But I think at the end of the game, Abendanum was like, "Oh, it's a good job I'm not a betting man because I'd have bet my mortgage on us winning it today." And I was like, "Would you really though?" Really, yeah. Would you? Why? Why? What I learned, I've just this has just popped up. What I noticed about this is that has he? I'm assuming he sent out an instruction that everyone has to pronounce his name Abendanon, because everybody <laughs> was playing that. Because for me, it's always been Abendanon, and everybody yeah. in the commentary series was saying, "Oh, great work by Abendanon there." 
Maybe he has, yeah. Maybe, Maybe you it's know, like when, there's been a memo Andy... sent out in triplicate. Yeah, it's, like, it's like when Andy Cole wanted to be called Andrew. And everyone ignored him. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I learned. Here's what, what I learned. Doing? That the BT Sport presenters need to seriously rethink their base layer and blazer game. Well, I also didn't. It was a bad weekend for pundit fashion for stop. Well, yes, I know where this like is going. Greenwood yeah. and Quinell on Sky, Quinell were on Sky making fucking arseholes of themselves wearing kilts in a Did way. Did Quinell have one as well? I saw Greenwood yeah, have Quinell one. Yeah, Quinell had oh, a red one. Greenwood had a. Hell. I mean, it felt borderline offensive to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah, then the entire BT Sport panel bafflingly wearing outdoor coats underneath their suit jackets, like. Yes, yeah, it'd be cold, I understand, but just put a normal jacket on, put an overcoat but, but on. Apparently, it wasn't even that cold in Edinburgh. I know it's Scotland, I know it, but it's mid-May. It was probably you don't those, need four layers. What are they called? Those kind of see in the nineties they were called puffer jackets. They're not called that now. What are they called? Yeah, it was like some sort of thermal down jackets thing. Yeah. that middle-class like, people wear, and they had them like, all zipped up with a blazer. Yeah, it's like if it's a bit nippy out, lad, stick some fucking long johns on. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be, like, recently ex-professional hard rugby bastards. Like, toughen up a little bit. Come it was on. just... It was Quinell just... and Greenwood are over there in fucking kilts. <laughs> yeah, come on, up your game. If you're going to look ridiculous, <laughs> do it proper. Yeah, they're fucking flapping in the breeze out here, and you're wearing four layers. Yeah, why, why, yeah, why? Yeah, that was bad. Was I'm in Scotland. Really yeah, I'm off to a meeting in Scotland, and I'm going to put a kilt on. Let's see how this goes all across. It's bizarre. <laughs> That was basically the level, wasn't it? it yeah. Was pretty awful. Um, other things I've learned, um, modern props are depressingly fit. Both yes. Make, I don't know if you noticed, both Mako Vinopola and Vincent Cock lasted 77 minutes. Yeah, and he was still carrying as well. Yeah, and I genuinely don't think I've ever seen Like, I know it wasn't a scrum-heavy game, but between Rob Evans playing 120 minutes against France in the Six Nations and now two props lasting 77 minutes of a cup final. Um, there is no escaping that this modern conditioning shit is going to make 80-minute props a thing before long, which is mad. And Apart from Slomani, who has to go off for a rest, then come back on again with alarming yeah, regularity. Yeah, that happened again, didn't <laughs> it's, it? Yes, it's... It's becoming... I'm, we're still waiting, by the way, for the, the, the results from of the, that from investigation. The from the Untoward yeah, Incident the, Review Group, the ERG. Yeah, still weirdly nothing's come of that. But yeah, Slimani semi in the quarterfinal against the Ospreys, went off, came back on again for an injury, inverted commas, <laughs> um, and did it against Gloucester. And it's definitely got the whiff of something that they're doing on purpose. And that's not good, is it? It's not. What else did I learn? I learned that I wish I could exude as much of a not giving a shit vibe in my workplace as Morgan Parra does. <laughs> you know, he's there running around and everything. It just looks like he couldn't care. I mean, I'm in, you know, a building at work and I yeah. I, I try to look like I don't care, but I, I just can't pull it off. Whereas no, with Parra, it's completely effortless. You know, like I yeah, could not give a flying fuck what's going on here. Complete nonchalance and lack of caring about anything. Yeah, it's remarkable, isn't it? Which he obviously um, does. He just looks like he doesn't. It's just, it's yeah, incredible. he's just got one of those faces that said, I don't really give a shit, to be honest, mate. He never looks like he's sweating or out of breath either, does he? He's just this kind no. of... occasionally his hair is slightly out of place and he just flicks it and it's all fine. <laughs> and this, he didn't, um, his face didn't even change that much when he watched um, Lopez miss that kick late in the game either, when no. he'd gone off, hadn't well, he? Aside from inside him thinking, if you hadn't taken me off 30 seconds earlier, we would be... Back yes. within a fucking shout of this now. Mm. Anything else that we learned? Um, one other thing that I learned. Um, I don't know what a dominant collision is, and neither do you. Um, no. 
before the game on Saturday, BT were profiling uh, Brad Barrett. And yes. I don't have BT, so I don't know if they use this very often, but they flashed up that he had a 53% dominant collision statistic. And I, I don't know what that is. I think and it's I a heavy the, metal band. Well, yeah, I googled it. There's right. nothing. <laughs> like, I'm, ge- I'm guessing that apart from dominant... third on the bill on the third stage, it downloaded a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm assuming that it's like something to do with in attack or defence, whether you drive your man forward back. or yes, that you yeah. drive forward. They got, like, yeah. they got dominant carries. They call them in rugby league, isn't it? Yes. Where... So I guess it's sort of that, but like. There's no other instance of this stat being used officially anywhere that I can find in rugby. Um, so it's sort of... I'm sure there is some maths behind it, but it does kind of look to all the world like BT have made up a nonsense stat to make Brad Barrett look good. I mean, it'll be an Opta thing, won't it? Probably, but I can't even find any instance of Opta mentioning it. It's genuinely like They're not mentioning it in them BT... fucking horrible tweets that they do all the time. No, no, I can't find anything about it. It's... This is the seventh time that Brad Barrett has done a collision where he drives people forward. Full stop. Dominant. Full stop. <laughs> do you follow up? It was like a collision, 53%. Absolute nonsense. If it's a pointless stat, I'm surprised they are if you haven't flagged it up mid-game well, on exactly. Twitter. Well, so. exactly. Exactly. No, so, yeah. so no idea, but I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm guessing it'll be driving. I can, uh, yeah, I can back, sort of but... work out what it is, but it's just like, where is that? Like in the same way that like rock efficiency has become a thing, but at least I can know what that is. <laughs> it's like this is what these... happens when Moneyball becomes a thing. This is this is. Yeah, people this pay is good money to come at. up with these things. Like, yeah, people are being paid to create stats that are just make no sense whatsoever. And I bet they present Stop them on Monday it. morning on those. Graphs with big blobs on them. Oh, massively, yeah. Data Here's where all your dominant collisions were on the pitch, Brad. <laughs> um, and yes, the final thing I learned, however, yes, um, not to not talk exclusively about the Champions Cup. Um, yeah. If you'd like to motivate a United team, threaten them with unemployment. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not a motivational te- technique I'd like to see emulated. Don't get me wrong, but um, it's hard to argue with. Uh, Stads going from yeah. absolutely 1920s industrial groups. industrial lockout motivation, basically. <laughs> basically yeah, you work uh, hard or you're fucking locked out tomorrow. Yeah, and they've gone from shambolic doldrums to winning their first piece of European silverware in just over two months. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's. A, I think it's only a, it's only a one-time motivational tool, though. I think yeah, if you keep doing it, it be, loses its effect. Yeah, if they do it next year, at the end of that game, every, all the players were going, "Oh, I haven't got a fucking clue what's going to happen next year." But you know, <laughs> and I guess that's kind of been the feeling that they were. You know, let's have one fucking last hurrah because the club might not exist next year. One thing that I learned while you've mentioned Stad there is um, that I didn't realise that ocular cavity enthusiast Julian Dupuy is still playing for them. Yes. Shit house, I absolute shitbag. I think I assumed he was about fifty. I think it's because he's always been bald, <laughs> but he's actually yes. only thirty-three years old. But I had no oh, idea he was what? still there. Here's what I yeah. definitely learned this weekend as well: Billy Vunapola is definitely not teetotal. I call uh, bullshit no, on that. No, I mean we had a sneaking suspicion of that after um, our encounter with him during the Six Nations when, when he was, he was quite injured. clearly hanging out of his ass when we seen him. He was so on over, yeah. Yes, and was talking an awful lot about how much he'd been enjoying socialising while he was <laughs> while he was off. Uh, but yes, I think we can. He's he's put his hand up and admitted that he is uh, enjoys a beer or two. 
shall we say. I he was amazing on Saturday, right? Right oh, from the absolutely first minute he was good. smashed the ball up, and then the last minute he was bloody jackling over and winning a turnover basically on the seventy yeah. ninth minute. And um when we've been up close to him and met him and chatted to him, mm. he really does not look in any way like an athlete. No. He's he's a He's he's a, he's a, a funny shape. Normal. He's massive. He's a big lad, big head. Yeah. Big chunk of a bloke. But no, he's not, not got that triangle previously. shape. He's no. kind of a bit round, and he's a, his legs are too short, and everything's just wrong about it. And yet, and yet, and yet, he's yeah. incredible. Emphatically, and yet, he was on another level on the weekend. He really was. Yes, he was. What else? Have I learned anything else? Let me have a look. Scott Spedding can't pick up a ball off the ground. I learned oh, that. Oh, God. Well, he should, maybe he could have if he'd had it in two fucking hands. He's, he's a classic Spedding performance. A couple of decent <laughs> runs. <laughs> and then when fun, he had to yeah. anything, do anything that required technical ability and composure, it all turned to rat shit. Yeah, basically, ask him to concentrate and do the basics, and you are onto a hiding for nothing, sunshine. I, I also heard... I can't believe I haven't heard it before, but I heard Marowatoji speak for the first time. <laughs> the so you take the scrum cap off him, and he looks like he's just about to hand in his sixth form coursework. That's, I and said it sounds he's, like he's about to hand in. His yeah, sixth he's form. like a twelve-year-old swatty prefect on a school open evening. <laughs> you know, and this is the science like, lab. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden he turns into this. Yeah. You know, oh, I don't know. Oh, maybe we will. I'm not sure. Maybe we we'll going out for a while. I don't know. Sort of thing. It's just like, oh my god, <laughs> you're like this yeah. completely destructive, massive shit bag on the field. Yeah. As you say, that's it must exactly... be the hat. It's like Magneto's helmet. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly kind of what it. Because everybody talks about what a nice lad he is off the field and how he writes poetry and about how he, you know, studies bloody Nigerian studies or whatever it is, like. That is the guy who, like, the guy that we saw at the end of the game with his yeah. dad, who looks exactly like him, by the way, but just not <laughs> massive. Um, yeah, that that was the guy who writes poetry and is a bit of a, you know, geopolitical yeah. nerd. I just where... want to know what happens when a New Zealander on in the summer, some big yeah. horrible bastard like Retallick or something, has a yeah. pop at him in oh, that point, see, and then Atoji says something back. But I I met Brody Retallick at an All Blacks thing before oh, the did World you? Cup, and he genuinely, I mean, he's huge, but he wears these sort of really like IT crowd glasses and has the look <laughs> of a sort of somebody who's in data analyst. You know, he's like he looks like the nerdiest motherfucker you've ever met, except for the fact that he's like six foot eight and massive, but like has the face of somebody who would be basically working in accounts somewhere. And so I think they probably get... You know, there's probably some sort of common Well, you see my point. Some horrible bastard has a pop oh, yeah, in it. And comes back with that voice. Yeah, it's not the most... It's remarkable that he's, you know... It's, it speaks volumes of what his leadership style must be because I get the feeling that he is not the most powerful orator in the world with that yeah. voice. He must be very much a man of few words, Sam Warburton, Martin Johnson-esque, like, lead from the front. I think it's the helmet, like you say. It's like Jim Carrey, the mask. Comes a completely (laughs) different person when he puts the helmet on. Maybe, yeah. Anyway, so there you go. That's what we learned from the weekend. Thank you very much for everyone who's uh, tweeted us during the week. Speaking of people who tweeted us during the week... 
As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. In Ireland, we don't get a lot of sunshine, which means we probably don't get enough vitamin D. And that's why we developed Vitabiotics Ultra Vitamin D. Specially formulated, one tiny Ultra Vitamin D tablet helps maintain your immune system, providing all the vitamin D you need in one daily tablet. Bring a little sunshine into your day with Vitabiotics Ultra Vitamin D. Pick up your three-month supply in-store and online from leading pharmacies and health food stores nationwide. Oh. Hashtag Sean Holly songs. Oh, God, I enjoyed this. The busiest day on Twitter I think I have ever had. <laughs> the only way it could have been more busy, I think, is if Haskell got the England captaincy or retired <laughs> or something. That's yeah. the only time I'd get a busier day, I think. Yeah. Well, got the England captaincy, then rejected it and said, I'm sorry, I just can't do this in good conscience. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that Leah said about me over the yeah, years. Yeah, that sounds right up his street, doesn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so... Yes, there was some... We threw it out, and there was like of just... You, you, you all listened last week, I'm sure. Sean Holly loves to force a contrived pun into the title or lyrics of a pre-existing song and then do it in Even if it doesn't scan. Style. Even if it, doesn't, Even if it scan. doesn't scan. Especially if it doesn't scan. And we basically said, go on, you lot, then fill out an entire Sean Holly set list and holy fuck did you deliver. <laughs> I mean, there were genuinely too many to go over. But, there are, um, but there were some ben blinders. Williams, ben Williams 84, I think on Twitter, deserves credit for really getting the ball rolling with uh, me and Adam Jones, Lee Byrne, Baby Byrne, and one of my absolute favourites, Ian Evan knows I'm miserable now. Um <laughs> He also submitted... I'm uh, tempted to record all of these and play the... Yeah, I'm going to bring the loop back, but it's going to be me (laughs) singing these songs with my acoustic guitar. (laughs) But yeah, Pascal Pape Don't Preach. That's another Ben (laughs) Williams one. Um, You, you, i got to have... You to me, a Haranorda key is very good. That was yours. Yes, that's Um, mine. Alvaro, bearded twit on... A tit on Twitter. Uh, Talipe in the Sky with Diamonds. That is a good one. I did like that one. That is very... Uh, Kevin Heaney with nothing compares to Alid Brew. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and nothing does either, by the way. No, it doesn't. Um, Andy uh, with James Hooked on a feeling. I was going to try and read his username out there, but it's hard. Um, <laughs> um, your mate who has a locked account. Matt, I'll, I'll Matt leave Norman, this one to you. Yes. Have he told you lately that I love you? That's a strong one. Nick Tailteller um, on Twitter got in touch and said, hippo member, and had a full verse. He did. Simon Zebo hero, baby. Dan Hip kiss away the pain. <laughs> CJ stander you forever. Nice. And you can take my breath away, I'm assuming follows that one. Well, obviously. Um, I, I also really enjoyed Euro Jeff's um, to the tune <laughs> of Bewitched. Uh, say you will, say you won't. Say you'll do what I don't. Say you're true, say to me. Samson, Samson Lee. Lee. Yeah, you've got to put the beat in there. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed Nigel Pearson's Splot Boy with Do the Fussle as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Gareth um, Reese Collins, knock, knock, knocking on Henson's door. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Yeah, basically, we decided that um, the more shit and generally, like, yeah, peripheral, the low end was, of the player the is, the better it is, yeah. Yes. Um, and there were some absolute genuine screamers in that regard. Um, although I did enjoy uh, just scrolling through them. Fat Bottom Earls is great. <laughs> is really, absolutely brilliant. Really great. Uh, and sorry, that was, who was that? Um, that was David Burke or David M. Burke on Twitter, I should say. Um, one of my favourites, the Felvus, at the Felvus, um, Long Tail Sally. Long Tail Sally, that is absolutely, exactly. that's, that's just too that's much. Such a deep cut. <laughs> it's just too much. Uh, Matt Norman also, my mate, got in touch and had a couple. You got to fight for your right to Moriarty. Yes, like that. Sex. Uh, Tom Jones wants sex. Ton, sex. Ton. You're my sex. Ton. Genuinely, that should be. A Why don't Leinster do it? Best. Yeah, yeah, do it immediately. Um, I liked uh, roll out the farrel from uh, <laughs> Nick Tailtail. <laughs> <laughs> the boy Williams with a one that you'd really have to try and squeeze in, which makes it even better. Marty, hola, is it me you're looking for? <laughs> that is, I like the ones that stretch the credibility of a yes. pun to absolute breaking point. Um, the black and red friends of the pod on Twitter. Um, I guess that's why they call them the Cardiff Blues, which is topical. Which is topical. Um, yes. yes. Uh, Ian, uh, LGT Ian on Twitter, their winner takes it all. It's <laughs> That's uh, a blind. Lewis, Guru Lewis, um, Campisi lover. Oh, that is glorious. Just so good. So good. I like the ones that actually got Sean Holly in it. We had oh, yes. Elaine yeah. Jones, who said, Heathcliff, it's me, Sean, he- Sean Holly, I've come home. <laughs> Wuthering Heights. <laughs> Robbie Alexander, big signature crowd pleaser. I want to dance with Sean Holly. Sean Holly, yes. who loves me. I imagine that would work. That's very good. Yeah. May um, Roberts, it's a Hibbard knock life. Again, again, you're pushing it with that it. one. It's pushing you? it, but in a good way. I enjoyed the uh, black and red again. Um, Morgan's a wee thing to the tune of Boston's more than a wee thing. <laughs> Which is both descriptive so... and a pun. It's it is, great. Yes. Gravel got in touch. She's got Barry Davis eyes. <laughs> again. Um, just a, a very random player. Absolutely, like yeah. Core, brilliantly, slightly out of peripheral player. Absolutely. Like uh, three times Delaney. That was a good one. That was a good one. I did like your one. Some girls are bigger than others. Damn bigger, yes, obviously. I was the Smith. With that one, to be honest. I fought Laid Law from Mike Pullen. <laughs> Very good, yes. Uh, oh, have we got any more? We got, we, there's think. so many of them. I mean, we could really. Signed, I mean... sealed, damn bigger, I'm yours. <laughs> from Chris That's... Jackson. Uh, the Copper Habana. <laughs> <laughs> that was David Ben Burke again. Oh, brilliant. Uh, um, Honestly, uh, we never tire of them. Please yeah. use the Sean Holly songs hashtag and oh, just keep do. these going just forever. Literally keep them going. Um, also, one more one, uh, Elgin Evan Alderman at Welsh Minor. Um, Marcus de Rolling in the Deep. Oh, that is a good one. That is good. Andy got in touch. Uh, Ah, lead brew, 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 pineapple <laughs> shake. <the> tr- <laughs> oh, my word. So many of them. Uh, 
For whom the WP now tolls. Uh, was Welsh boy Mick. Absolute solid metal reference. I like that as well. Yes. Extra points for Iron Maiden. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we could just we could literally spend most of the rest of this podcast banging on about these, but we should probably Honestly, stop. You can get in touch with us at Blood and Murder at Josh Gardner to give us more of these Sean Holly songs. I'll just and believe, keep them coming. Keep I've them been coming getting, but honestly, I cannot storify of some of the early ones, but I've I've got lots, lots more to add. So I cannot emphasise enough what a brilliant day I had reading all of those. Oh, and great. hopefully reading them back has given you some happiness. Right. While we're on songs. Yes. Um, you posted today. Oh. Oh. Do you want to talk people through it if you haven't seen it? Well, basically, the Lions, for some baffling reason and i i obviously wouldn't do this sort of thing like they're always going oh on this day in lions history or whatever usually it's we got fucking dicked by somebody who was better than us but um <laughs> yes uh it wasn't actually the lions actually it was sky sports was uh, sky sports did yeah. the uh the victorious 2013 lions team sing along to their unofficial anthem, Little Lion Man by Mumford and Sons. And it's worth watching this video because it will make you hate yourself and, <laughs> and them and everyone involved because it's just fucking... It's a terrible song by a terrible band that it basically... It's just awful. I think I we're in the minority with it. that, though. It's the Coldplay thing. People love them, don't they? We just oh, haven't yeah. been deliberately well, reactionary, but we're not. We're just, they're just shit. But there they are, just in the fucking changing room, banging away to that fucking dog shit, bloody fucking so stupid dog on a string core fucking <laughs> nonsense. And people and, with yeah. a banjo trying to look a bit rock and roll. No, yeah, it doesn't work. Failing absolutely fucking miserably. Um, and you know, fair enough if that motivated them, whatever. But I just said, you know, the 2017 squad is going to have to try very hard, if nothing else, to come up with a worse unofficial anthem than fucking Mumford and Sons. So, so we threw I this thought, out to Twitter, didn't we? Yes. So there's, I mean, I I thought that there were some pretty obvious ones. I mean, go, you know, you know, Oh England, My Lion Heart by Kate Bush. That would get them going, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, what's that, Billy Bragg? Life with Lions. Life with the Lions, um, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what the opening line to that song is? you know what the opening line to that song is? I know that song. Do you know what the opening line to that song is? No, tell me. I hate the arsehole I become every time I'm with you. <laughs> That's honestly I mean, the first, the first which could actually ways, work, yeah. That works very well. I mean, there's obviously, you know, Lion sleeps tonight when they lose 3-0 is probably going to be fairly there's a song apt. do you know Gregory Porter uh, yes I am familiar the with the giant his black jazz singer who wears a hat that makes him look like a mentalist yes he has a song called Be Good bracket lion song close bracket and this is this is, <laughs> this is what it sounds I like I mean yeah this will get him going won't it oh that's nice You can see him getting pumped up to this, can't you? Yeah, massively so. Who wouldn't get Be fucking... Good is her name And I sing my lion song And brush my mane It's got brushing manes and everything. How, how's that not going to work? Well, exactly. It's I about mean, six minutes long, pro- that, with a big like jazz piano solo yeah. and everything. 
Depressingly, I seem to be massively in the minority in terms of thinking that that song is a fucking disgrace because most of the people who responded to me on Twitter were like, oh, that's quite a good song. Yeah, if you look at the responses to the actual Sky Sports video, it was like, oh, oh yeah, two of my favourite things they? in the world. I mean, rugby and Mumford and Sons. Boom. Rugby, Mumford and Sons and Tam Brogues. Yeah. Oh, God. Waistcoats. <laughs> I actually do own a waistcoat, so I can't really speak oh, much about that. Nobody's perfect, are they? John Wynn got in touch on Twitter, which I think with the best ever suggestion for a Lion song yes. for this year. Taylor Swift's We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is better than anything I thought of. Let's just wind this fucking thing up there. That's Loads great. of ones are metal ones. You Suffer by Napalm Death, Beaker. Yes, like it. Tom, John, Tom George said uh, Seek and Destroy by Metallica. Yes. It's going to be more the All Blacks. They obviously them. couldn't. They did what you did and looked for songs that have Lion in the title and realised they were all pretty dreadful and went for something oh, else. Oh, they're all awful. I mean, when if you that if you're going to be if you that committed to having a song about lions be your unofficial tour anthem, then it might as well be that one because all the rest of them are dog shit. Yes, Iron Lion Zion. Yes, I mean they could get the band Lion to write a song for them. I don't know who they are. Is that a young person's were, band? Oh God, no! They the Lion were a cock rock band from the eighties. Oh, were they? Yeah, yes, not, they not my, were. Not my thing. They, that famously did the uh, theme, the Transformers animated film soundtrack. If you're uh, into <laughs> that sort of thing, that is some absolute <laughs> core trivia. Love Absolutely. it. Absolutely, there is at least three people listening to this podcast who will know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, so or that, or just I don't know. Yeah, just, just look. Well, at maybe some don't Lion. have one. Just don't have one. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? The I don't think they're going to have one this year because Matt Stevens is not there. Yeah, that's true. All singing related. He's basically. Yeah, he's basically get the guitar man, isn't he? So you have seen the video of when Kenny Rogers sings the gambler in an England shirt. I don't think I have seen that. That In the 2007 World Cup. Basically, Matt Stevens had his guitar, and they would because he he does it, doesn't he? And he he was he kept the squad song became the gambler. Yes. And somehow and the, then, Daily, the Daily Telegraph somehow got in touch with Kenny Rogers and there was a video of him with an England shirt on singing The Gambler. Wow. And he actually almost, he was like going, and he was going like, come on, Matt, get him going, Matt, in between sort of singing. And it's that, that, that new version of Kenny Rogers with his face, it looks like a melting candle. <laughs> so it's very hard to whether it was him, but it definitely was him. Wow. Um, Honestly, I will try and post it to Twitter. Have a look if you've got a minute. Google Kenny Rogers, yes. England shirt singing. Speaking of Kenny's, Kenny Loggins Danger Zone could be a, a cracking. <laughs> I mean, be... they they struggle to sing along with that one. He's, but... Yeah, he's he's a high register, is Ken, isn't he? He's a very high register. I mean, Sean Holly would have like... a go though, wouldn't he? He definitely wouldn't would. even bother Capo. He fears no. Re- he fears no register. <laughs> um, wasn't it like the seventy-one Lions that were like Flower of Scotland was there? before it was like a Scottish anthem that was just what the Lions sang on tour. I seem to remember that. That's one of those 70s. It's one of those legendary 70s Lions. Well, yeah, because it was a folk song. It was a folk song for years, wasn't it, before it became an anthem? I think it's either 71 or 74. They all used to sing Flower of Scotland on the bus, which is quite nice, to be honest. I I, I like when... I like a bit of music on tour. I just don't like... Like when... The Wales squad formed a choir during the 2011 World Cup. I thought that was very nice and very old school. But... Here we are. Listen, listen. Oh God, here we go. An advert. <laughs> <laughs> 
Definitely and it's not even one I can skip after two minutes, after five seconds either. It's one that I have to yeah. listen to all the way so through. We're literally going to have to vamp for 30 seconds. We're going to have to vamp for a number of seconds about Kenny Rogers oh, about God to sing in an England gosh. shirt. On facts that I know about Kenny Rogers. Um, he has uh, his own chicken shop. Does he really? Kenny Rogers Roasters. That is. That's not an instruction. <laughs> that's that's remarkable. Why Here has he are. got his own? Here we are. Oh my God, you you're right. Know when to hold them. Come on, Matt, get them going. No when to walk away. No when to run. count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Now that's a fight song for you, isn't it? You gotta love my shirt. Hey, I'm so excited for you guys, and I understand that was a real big win for you guys over Australia. I also understand <laughs> they will never get over that. They are wrecked for life. So. Good on you for doing that. France is the big target, though. We've moved our sights from Australia to France. And if you guys can't beat those French bastards, this is a waste of time for all of us. So have a good time out there and know that we're thinking about you here in the States. Uh, one of the stations is carrying it here, and I'm going to be right there watching you guys. I wish you the very, very, very best of luck. And take care of yourself. And if you lose, I must tell you, I'm going to disown you. You'll never hear. Oh, Kenny. Kenny talks Kenny, rugby. Kenny doesn't fucking come to play either. He doesn't, does he? Yeah. So there That's you go. Just genuinely a little bit mental. It's bizarre. He's got and he's got that nine two thousand and seven England Nike shirt on. Remember the one with the big swoosh under the belly? I do indeed. Yeah, the one that was like supposed to be rose petals or some shit. It was disgraceful, know. and the away kit looked like Swindon Town. <laughs> yes, it did. It was awful. Wow. That is that's Sorry. blown my tiny mind a little bit. It I'm has, not yeah. Gonna lie. Kenny Rogers in an England shirt talking it, about rugby. Yeah, and it's not just like when Snoop Dogg turns up to whatever city he's in and puts on the local football shirt and pretends that he knows what the fuck he's talking about. He'd been briefed like that. He had, yeah. And I mean, it was a minute-long video. I mean, I don't know how that happens. Who gets yeah. in touch with him and says, listen, Ken, will you record this video because, I don't yeah, know. a good bit of PR for you in England. Because obviously you need the money in the PR, Ken, at your stage, yeah. at the stage of your life. Anyway, anyway, let's, uh, yeah. Well, let's that's... move on. After that very long musical interlude, sorry, it wasn't yeah, meant to last that long. We, who can we get to sing the Lions' song? Which old crooner? I mean, Tony Bennett. Oh, Tony Bennett doing a heartbeat. He'd bring a lot Tom, of class to it as well. So Tom would do it. So Tom would massively do it. Yeah. He could do that kind of See, thing that he does. Couldn't oh, he'd love it. He's playing. I when I went to King's Home the other week. he's Fucking playing in King's Home in June. He yeah, might I think as he well, played. Cause... He played Lee Sports Village and Areas you know, Park as well. Like, surely you've got better things to do, mate. And he's about he's eighty now, isn't he? Anyway, exactly. enough of this anyway. chat. Enough of this <laughs> chat. Shit, good, is it? Yeah. So let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to there's always next year. Oh yes, that. Now, what is there's always next year? Now, if you remember, those of you who've been with us for a little while will remember that about this time at the end of the season every year, we like to have a look at the people who I think, as far as I'm concerned, demonstrate what rugby is all about and are the greatest people in that in our game. These are the people who've had an absolute howling stinker of a season. Mm. And yet the lads keep turning up every week. And I've been that soldier. I've been that guy who's one of the 13 people that turn up to train. And then you know it's, you're going to get humped at the weekend. You no, know you're going to get absolutely dicked. And there's... It's quite sad that you look up and down the leagues and there's a lot of evidence of people who are just 
going to be glad to see the fucking back of this season, aren't they? They are. But they've fulfilled all the fixtures despite how painful it is. And honestly, God, yes. I genuinely mean this. You are what makes this game wonderful. Yes, because I did see one. I was I was scrounging up and down the, the Swaylet Leagues as it happens in Wales, and I saw one that in itself just made me a bit sad because they Slansowell and District RFC, it might be the saddest thing I've ever seen, but they played what they... Their end of season total was played one, lost one. They managed to, <laughs> they fulfilled one fixture. Oh my word! They lost sixty nil to uh, Pontiac, I think, in RSC in October, and that was the only fixture in National League Three West C of the Swaylet Leagues that they fulfilled all season. They basically they got dicked sixty nil. And nobody came, and they couldn't fulfil a fixture for the rest of the season, and that is just that's devastating, yeah. isn't it? That's terrible. Yeah, um, Hillhead Jordan Hill. <laughs> Too Great. many hills going on there. Ready. Hillhead the Jordan there. Hill in Scottish National Division Two have won only one game all season out of twenty-two, oh. two hundred and fifty-three points for one thousand and twenty-six points against. <sighs> In case Ouch. you're wondering, and I'll tell you, that's an average match score of 47-11. Ow. That's a pace in pretty much yeah. every week. Similarly, Aberavon Green Stars, who are level with you, that's a great name. Wonderful. Um, National League 2 West Central in the Swell League, played 22, lost 21. No bonus points of any kind all season. Um and their solitary win was away at fellow basement dwellers Camavan, which they won fifteen ten. So their fans have literally not had one thing to cheer about <laughs> all fucking year. Greenock Wanderers remaining in Scotland oh. in Scottish National Three won only one game, uh, one hundred sixty five points for twelve hundred seventy two against. That's an average losing ratio of fifty eight points to seven. Ouch! And that includes. Yes. This season has included them losing 119 points to 19 to <laughs> friend of the pods pod and home of Dave the Bricks Club, St. Boswell's. Oof. Oof. Well, I mean, I'm pleased for St. Boswell's. Don't I'm get pleased for Dave the Brick. But... If you don't know what we're talking about, episode 40, if you, want to hear, <laughs> if you want to hear our chat with Dave the Brick of St. Boswell's, he's a legend. He is. I bet he was 40. doing some cracking commentary on I that. I bet he was doing some magnificent commentary. Again, listen yes. to episode 40 if you want to know what we're talking mm. about. Back to uh, National League 3 West A this time, mm. as opposed to C uh, in the Spoiler League. <laughs> this is where all the big stuff happens. Fucking hell. St. David's RSC um, played 18. That's a long way to go, St. David's, as well, isn't it? It is. Everywhere it? they're travelling is probably a long way. Yeah, played 18, lost 18. They've conceded 174 tries and they've scored 19. Zero points, no bonus points, no wins, no draws. Nothing, literally <laughs> Not nothing. Way. Oh, that's awful. But hey, yeah. you kept turning up, lads. Exactly. You still made it through 18 games, and fucking hats off to you. Uh, moving to quite near to where I live, Abergele in North Wales, in, in, Division, in the Welsh North Division 1. Mm. Not won a single game all season. They managed oh. to draw one. Oh, fair play. An average score of 58-10. They lost games this year. Including, Wait, is it? and this is an absolute magnificent one, including a stonking 133.7 loss away at Rithin. <laughs> at least we got the seven, lads. Yeah. I wonder when they scored that seven. I think it was the oh, first God, try. I really hope they scored that first. <laughs> yeah. 
Come on, lads, we could do this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really. That's horrible. A friend but, um... of mine plays for the Abigail Ladies section. They've had a very successful season. Huh. And to be fair to them, because there's so few women's clubs in, in Wales, they're in the same division as the likes of St. Genneth and stuff. They're travelling miles okay. every week. Wow. Respect to them. Respect to all of them. Fair play. So well, there yeah, you go. Massive respect to anybody that still fucking turns up for their local rugby club every week, even if they're getting fucking dicked, because it's not fun, is it? No. So there's always next year for those wonderful clubs and the wonderful men that make up the mm. backbone of not just that club, but the, the game in general. Absolutely. Shall we move on to and finish on the ever-pleasant and ever-present uh, shit-good ratings? Absolutely. Um, I'll crack on with it first. Go. Shit. Stuart Barnes. I mean... I actually watched everything one. on BT. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> I watched the game on BT, and then... Um, I ended up watching the highlights again, the extended highlights on Sky, and it was, it was fascinating the contrast in the quality of commentary between two English broadcasters doing the same game. It was actually quite interesting because, like, most notably, weirdly, given that they've basically paid through the arse for English rug, uh, club rugby, hmm. the BT seems significantly less English biased than the Sky one, and Barnes, of course, was basically a fucking one man red top tabloid in the way that he demanded every <laughs> marginal decision go the way of the English team tried his best to manufacture controversy when there wasn't any. Like this isn't news. I know he does this all the time, but the contrast watching the exact same game in the exact same moments hmm. where there had been no sort of attempt to like inflame controversy on the BT broadcast. And like it just did ram home how bad he is and how much his bad opinions really have an impact on the game that you're watching. Because as much as you think he's talking cock, you can't help but notice no. when he's saying, oh, Nigel Owens has had a fucking mare there or whatever. Um, it's Yeah, it's fucking awful. He's awful. He's, he's, there comes a point at which it's a, it's a problem with sports punditry generally that mm. they always stick around too long. It's like goalkeepers in football. Yeah. They always stick around about three years longer than they should do, goalkeepers. Same with yeah. pundits. And Barnes, it's is time for him to well get over. Speaking of commentators... Who is this being said about, and what does it even mean? And off goes the king of the kamikaze, slashing and dashing his way to the line. That is a beezer. What? (laughs) Off goes the king of the kamikaze. Was he speaking some sort of... Slashing and dashing Strange. his way to the line, and then when he touches down, that is a beezer. <laughs> I don't want to sound like that guy. Is that an Irish thing? Beezer. I, I don't, I've never heard of it. It's uh, it's no. It, that was Johnny May. He was talking about. Since right. when has Johnny May been known as the king of the kamikaze? The cam- what the king of fuck? What stabbing himself in the stomach? <laughs> that seems a bit excessive. Well, that was the interception try that Johnny May scored in the yes, Challenge Cup. Yes, and he Cup. does, you know, Johnny May has made quite a thing in the last couple of weeks of picking off interception tries and running them back in. Oh, is that what he means by king of the I kamikaze? I that is then? what he means. But the cam- the person doing the kamikazeing is the person throwing the interception, not the person... Yeah, if he was the king of the kamikaze, he'd immediately keeled over when he caught the ball. 
Exactly. The, yeah, whoever's throwing them. Exeter are king to the fucking kamikaze because they keep throwing them. But it's like, just as words kept coming into his head, he just yeah. kept saying them. <laughs> the king of the kamikaze, slashing and dashing his way to the line. It's, Trombone, yeah, like... marzipan, rifles, <laughs> try. <Yes. laughs> uh, um. Yeah. So well, I think what we've agreed is that Sky might want to have a think about who they get in for commentary yes. <laughs> next season, please. Um, yeah, other things that are shit for me are people who claim that the Champions Cup final was a thriller. Yeah, there was lots of that after the game, wasn't there? There was yeah. lots of that also, from the, from the fight, nylon and blazer crew. Yeah. What? Fucking decent game it was. Probably best final in a couple of years yeah. and better than I expected. Yeah, that's true. But to be th- we were all just so game. relieved that Claremont actually made a competition of it, especially after the Absolutely. first 10 minutes that we yeah. were really and, But like, Yeah, to be thrilling, there has to be a sense that the outcome is in any way in doubt. And it just wasn't. It's a good game, but best, you know, thriller, best well, final any, ever. Well, get the fuck out of here. Well, Ridiculous. No, I'm Anything done. will have to go a very long way to beat 2011, basically. Well, I, yes. mean, really, I mean, really, I mean, that's the benchmark game for games full stop. So... I think people were just like overcompensating with delight that it was that it looked at least at least it wasn't like last year. Like, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it was better than last year. And to the casual observer, it did it looked like there was some sort of drama and competitiveness going on, even if anybody who's watched Saracens ever was in. This no... is one of the biggest problems about subscription television, isn't it? That they have to keep bigging absolutely everything. Yeah, up. but it wasn't just like it wasn't even the channels or you know it was the papers and stuff. And I just was like, really. We just we're gonna sign up for that. Sort of it was a decent game, some, but it, it was is a decent game of rugby, yeah. and not all finals are good games of rugby. Don't get me wrong. It's the but, overdose of the super of the superlatives and the hyperbole, isn't it? It just yeah. But that's you know the way things are these days. That's that's why you have to have us here saying yes. everything is terrible to and prick, shit all the time. To prick those balloons of <laughs> pomposity, indeed. Those balloons, do they float? Oh, we all float down here, Georgie. <laughs> Top quality it reference there. Oh, yes. Um, also shit, while I'm on my fucking roll, <laughs> um, what classes as an epic scrap in modern rugby? Um, beat, there was like a very brief 15-man fracas about 20 minutes into the Gloucester game on Friday night. And BT were basically instantly tweeting out to the massives of the video clip talking about what an epic fight it was. It wasn't. It was 28 blokes indulging in some very enthusiastic, angry cuddling. And then there was one the, bloke um, who got Champions a good League few licks well, in and got yellow carded for it. There was a bit in the Champions final. They pushed each other around a bit as well, wasn't there? Yeah, but the, be- the worst well, that's what, part... That's all that happens now. Yeah, but You've the basically got to get phone-recorded videos from, French, from the French Division 2 to, have pro- to see proper epic scraps proper these fights, days. Yeah, but the best part about it was the BT instantly tweeted it out and was like oh look at this amazing fight isn't it brilliant and then deleted the tweet as if someone had tapped them on the shoulder and gone oh you can't celebrate things like that you can't glorify violence like this it's really not (laughs) one I remember once when JB and co let the fucking boys play as JB and co would say yeah I remember I get I used to post um, postings from my blog to Facebook mm. as a note, because back then you couldn't do all this Web2 social media stuff. You had to actually go <laughs> in as this kind of like posting note thing. And they come up in my sort of history thing. Mm. And one thing that came up this week, this is the anniversary of when, I think from whatever year it was, it's this week's the anniversary of when Manny Tualangi smashed Chris Ashton's head in. Oh, that was a great day, wasn't it? And I got yeah. more hits in one day 
on the blog than I would do in a week normally <laughs> because I posted a video of that. And then people said that violence is not something that people are interested in on a rugby field. It's absolutely they are. I mean, we can, we can, and we will sit here and say that, you know, player safety should be paramount, etc., etc., etc. But we still love However, people getting a lump. We do love a good scrap, don't we? <laughs> Uh, speaking of things that people we don't love is Graham Golvin got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and he said getting this one early because he sent this one quite early shit exuberant dive celebrations sportsmanship no. at rock fucking bottom well see I can see where I, you're coming no, from but I'm kind of un- you know we want some personality in the game don't we and if you're going to have some personality absolutely. that includes the ones you hate and I, I genuinely think if the circumstances Champions Cup final Rex becoming the record European try scorer, his last but two games for Saracens, like his final game for Saracens in Europe, I perfectly, I I had no problem with Ashton splashing in that. I find the whole thing fucking massively irritating. But what was Alvaro was... called on Twitter? The piss splashdown, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, but also Jeffrey Dumeru did it, didn't he, for Stad? He went dancing he through and then did the big jump up, stick your tongue out yeah, thing. And, uh, you know, if you want to showboat a little bit, that's your fucking prerogative. But then you've got to take the lumps that come with being well, a showboater. Exactly. And if you can do that, then fucking carry on. Lots of people nominating what you've already mentioned, Papa Bones on Twitter and a number of others about Will Greenwood wearing a kilt. It's not good, is it? It's not good. <laughs> We've been over that, but it's just worth remembering again just how fucking awful it was. Yes. Um, a couple of people have said... Uh, that they didn't enjoy, um, well, a lot of things. Let's be honest. <laughs> ev- ev- everything about Chris Ashton is one. Um, with the whole Willie Hines situation, some people have said the shit moaning about Hines, and some people have said the Hines situation. Um, yeah, for those who don't know, fucking Gloucester's Willie Hines got called up for the England training squad today because they can't call up anybody from the top four teams, and. I kind of get why people are annoyed, to be honest, because he mm. has qualified on residency, which is supposed to be something that England yes. are taking a stand on. Uh, fair enough, but also, he's not very good, is he? No. Like, and nothing says, I'm ready for England, like getting caught out for a try, getting binned, and then getting hooked at half-time of a European final. Which, especially when you're the fucking captain for the day, which is exactly what <laughs> Willie Hines' Friday night was, by the way. Like, at what point did, Willie, did Eddie Jones watch that and go, yeah, he could be an ass. He's a good man to have around yeah, the squad. Yeah, but it, it's day. him or somebody like, you know, the great exploding temper machine that is Chris Cook. Well, yeah, but at least Chris Cook has the potential what about to Lee make, Dixon? You know, is he fit? Or is he in the, I've not seen the England training squad. Is Lee Dixon in it? He might be. I don't know, maybe. But, but this is what, you know... Willie Hines is never going to play for England unless there's literally some sort of plague that only affects men below the height of five foot seven. Um, but so what's the point? Just like bring in some young lad from a fucking academy or something. Yeah, at least get you know bring him to the under twenties. Yeah. What's the point in bringing Willie? You know, a Kiwi as you know, beef. Um. Willie Hines, who was playing for the Crusaders a couple of years ago, just to fill a fucking warm body. It just feels a bit crass, to be honest with you. It does. And I just, you know, I'm... The rules are the rules, and I don't have a go... Yeah. 
teams for doing it and all that kind of stuff. But given that we were, the, and I said this about Solomon, given we were the leading lights on trying to get this changed, I do think there's an element of uh, mouth and trousers about this. And that's yeah, it's hypocritical as shit, isn't it? And yeah, fair enough. It's perfectly legal for them to do it for the time being. But if you're going to make some sort of claim to have fucking high moral principles about this, then maybe act it before you fucking do it. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Alex Conan got in touch saying shit mm. was touch judges grassing into the ear of the referee. All I heard through <laughs> the Sarri's game was George Clancy and Ian Davis. It, well, that, that is kind of what That's they're meant to be what doing. <laughs> what, what else do you think that they're there for? I would love a ref to sort of say though. Imagine somebody said I've just seen somebody doing grass. something off the ball. i got no fucking time for grasses. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, that's the way forward, isn't it? Not got fucking no time it for is. grasses. Um, shit, I enjoyed the Adam Reese saying uh, the, the advert where the Mitsubishi advert, I believe, is where Ben Morgan teaches kids to be more intelligent rugby players, um, which is a little bit ironic, yes, because he did not demonstrate a great deal of rugby intelligence on Friday night or indeed at any point in his career. Uh, we've had a, one come in, shit, we've already mentioned this, but I'm going to mention it again, shit, Slimani having another rest and coming back on towards the end of Gloucester. Uh, question mark tactical. Shit, That's from it? Edward Northey on Twitter, who's a genuine reverend. Ah. He's an he's an actual chaplain. That's probably why he didn't say it was dodgy as shit, like I did then. He did write shit in his tweet. Shit, oh, Slamani having another I, so, I yeah. feel like us getting a reverend to profane is uh, one of our <laughs> finest achievements. When I started doing this, I never imagined that the clergy would be listening. So uh, <laughs> welcome along, Edward, and thank you for getting in touch. Oops. Yeah. Any more shit? Um, yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, a couple of people said shit at Oji. I think that's probably going a bit far. He didn't have the best no, game no. ever. Strettle had a shit all of a game. Yeah, I'll, I'll he give did. You that one, he went missing. Uh, good. Let's talk about good. Yeah, let's Al- talk good. Alvaro got in touch and said good was Yato's handoff on Farrell in the build up to a bend and end and end and end and end and ons try. I would just go so far as to say Yato full, full stop. Yes, he was very, he, very he's good. He's a fucking he? revelation. He tackled everything. He was great at the breakdown. And yeah, he ran like a winger. Like a couple of times where he got the ball in those wide channels, I did not know if I was looking at a back row player or an outside back because he is rapid. And he's a little off. I mean, the sitting down of Farrell was hugely entertaining. But yeah, the little offload to Abandonen was... Sumptuous, I yes, believe is what it was. A wonderful bit of rugby we like to see being played. Anything good from mm-hmm. you? Um, obviously, but Billy V. Um, good yes. luck, Warren Gatland, picking that fuck between Falatau and Vunapola to start that first Lions test because I have no fucking idea how you're going to make that call. Um, and yeah, proved once again that he's absolutely brilliant in front of a mic as well as on the field. One of the genuinely most likable rugby players. He I is. Think. He's a wonderful interview. Yeah. He really is. He's just just completely unpre, you know, unpreposing. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. Um, other goods. Um, Owen Farrell. I don't think he had his best game on um, on the weekend. But I just I've kind of defaulted to the notion that Sexton's going to be the automatic pick for the Lions at ten. But honestly, like Farrell is increasingly looking like. If he plays well in the warm-ups, why, why not Owen Farrell? Because he is so fucking unflappable. Like he even is. when he's not having the best game, which he wasn't on Saturday, he's that's just one of the biggest so things. Yeah, one of the biggest things cool that's changed. Calm and collected. Yeah, is that 
not only has he expanded his game in terms of creativity and taking the ball to the line and making decisions late, he doesn't have those massive red-cheeked meltdowns anymore. No, not at all. He just he, he ha- this season he has barely once given any kind of hint that nerves or occasion are getting to him in a million years, and that is a drastic change, and it's one for the better. It is absolutely. Uh, Dave Garrett got in touch on Twitter, Garrick Bad, and he said, "Good for him was that he found out that Bruce moved to Bath. No brew, no clue." Yep. Uh, said it came about after over and over an under 11s game in Cardiff. Brew was basically what? totally stiffed at Newport and not playing. Mm. And some Darren Edwards, was he called, oh. who used to be a coach at the Dragons, who's at Bath. Oh, yes, who's now at Bath, yeah. Who's at Bath. Both his lad and Brew's lad playing the same <laughs> under-11s leave, Rubiner and somebody else. That's amazing. And they were chatting away, and he said, we're a bit short on back three players. And Brew said, well, I'm basically doing fuck all at the Dragons. <laughs> and then before you know it, they said, well, come over and have a go. And the rest is history. history and He's now, now the beating heart of that club. Yeah, it's remarkable, isn't it? Um, other goods uh, from Twitter. Um, a lot of people have said that try. Um, yes, mm. that try. Good Lord. One of the great... European Cup tries. Let's not be and all yep. the more remarkable because it was started by Scott Spedding. Um who then of course ruined everything at the end. Oh, absolutely. There's yeah. There's 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 always a bitter pill there. And equally, um yeah, good Jules Plisson was very good again. Yeah, Chris Bailey said that on Twitter on Twitter, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good Plisson because the CPC gods laugh in our face week in, week out. <laughs> yes, they do. We may have to let maybe let um Scarlet's keep the trophy forever and rename one next next year based on I people who aren't like, quite as bad. Yeah, I think certainly the Cuthbert thing, he's looked very good for Cardiff in the last couple of weeks. Plisson is clearly looking all right. I think it may be time for a new trophy. We'll think about that. We'll have a think. Let us know what you think. Do you think it's yes. time for a new trophy or are we stuck with it now? And that's, you know, we can't we can't be changing rules. No, we, can't we be absolutely, rules. absolutely can't. Um, um, anything else good from you? Good. People said, uh, Michael, it's Mikey S, said, good, abandon and always. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say always, but he was good. He also said that shit was that Chris Ashton song. I don't know what that I is. Don't know what that's just, I don't know what that is Can either. Can somebody help us out when you're next online yeah. and let us know what the Chris Ashton song is? Because I don't know yes. what it is. Rich Halkarich. Uh, Hal, uh, Halkarich, yes. Yes, um, said good Castleford, which is a bit of a left field one, and probably more for you than me. They were magnificent on Saturday, Castleford. I can, <laughs> I can, can I can uh, support that one. I'd go as far as to say they could be better than the nineteen eighty six Castleford side. Do you agree with that, Josh? Uh, I mean, it's it's a bold claim. <laughs> <laughs> I've That's watched, a magnificent politician's answer. I've watched, I've watched literally three Super League games this season, and all in of your them whole involved, life. Yes. Yeah, well, and well, particularly this season, and all of them involve Castleford, and all of them have basically been like watching the Harlem Globetrotters. So they are, I have they a are pretty handy, Castleford this year. Yeah. Which is amazing, seeing as Castleford is an ex-mining village, which is mostly involved, you know, people with hairy palms who, and yes. so on. In other rugby league-related news, my team, Lee, are having an absolute shithole of a time in Super League. We we, we lit a, a beacon of hope by winning three games out of our first five, and it's all been downhill ever since. It is the hope. It is the hope that gets you in the end. It is. I think that probably does us for this week, does it? <laughs> I think that's probably a nice way to... Nice way to um, end it. Oh, actually, one more good thing okay. to end on a happy note. Um, 
I like the fact that European Rugby renamed their Player of the Year trophy after Anthony Foley. I thought that was a really lovely touch. It's very and true. Equally and equally nice to get his widow and his kids to present it to Farrell after the game. And a very deserving recipient. Indeed. Best player of the season by Speaking far. Speaking of, you know the trolling thing? Did you see what you know Alex Shaw, who's been a guest yes. on this show, who's a great bloke and a great writer? He suggested that he thinks Farrell might be the player of the series down in New Zealand because he's on the World Player of the Year nominations list. And yes. you should have seen the responses he got on Twitter, mostly <laughs> from Kiwi people, as if he just sort of said, you know, that a badger in tights was about to get yes. the world, you know, was about to be player of the season or something. It was such a ridiculous thing to say. That guy your mum ran off with is going to get player of the season. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay, and that'll on that, do. On that, that note, that's a much better note to finish on. That guy your mum ran off with is going to get player of the season. <laughs> Yes. Bye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> In Ireland, we don't get a lot of sunshine, which means we probably don't get enough vitamin D. And that's why we developed Vitabiotics Ultra Vitamin D. Specially formulated, one tiny ultra vitamin D tablet helps maintain your immune system, providing all the vitamin D you need in one daily tablet. Bring a little sunshine into your day with Vitabiotics Ultra Vitamin D. Pick up your three-month supply in-store and online from leading pharmacies and health food stores nationwide. Sports Social Podcast Network.